You know what? I love doing weddings. I love being a part of doing weddings. It's a great opportunity to stand with a couple who is beginning to declare for the rest of eternity their commitment to one another. And as they look at one another, absolutely petrified, you get to stand there right there with them, you know? And you're like two feet away and they're looking at you and you're able to walk through the moments with them and help them to embrace what's going on. Let's not just make it a ceremony or a ritual. Let's make this a praise moment. One of the things I love doing with them is to sit down with the groom, bride not there, and say, give me a word or a phrase that helps me to better understand, that helps all of us to better understand who you're about to marry. And, you know, and I want it in three seconds or less. Like, don't go away and try to figure out the best thing that sounds like right now, right? And it's awesome to hear the words that come out, you know, faithful, dependable, loving, gentle. You know, you never get a slam word, you know, <laughs> give me one word, punk, you know, like you never get that. It, it's always this awesome moment of celebrating the relationship with each other, you know, and then I go to the bride and say, you know, I've already done this with your husband to be, but I just want to know, give me a word that you could think of for your husband. And you get these phrases. And then I try during the service to wrap that in somehow. Who knows how? Whatever they give me, I don't know what it's going to be. And so sometimes it's the beginning, sometimes it's the middle, sometimes it's the end, sometimes it's all over the place. You know, the, the last one that I just did, uh, he said, when I saw her the, for the first time, she was the most beautiful thing that I had ever seen. That became the thread of the whole service. And I mean, that was like five minutes before the service. We're like, scrap it, we're reorienting everything. <laughs> It was really a neat moment of just being able to thread it all together so that you could see the celebration of the two of them together. We are called the bride of Christ. We are told that we are engaged in a ceremony with the Almighty. So I talked with them and I asked him, what does he think of you? And this is what he said. Zephaniah 317. I just love to be with them. I just delight in them. I love to quiet them with a song like a mother rocking their child. I just delight in being with them. That's what he says about you. Psalm 18, verse 19. He says, you're my desire. I love to lavish upon them. They're my desire. Isaiah 30 he longs to be gracious and to show compassion. First Corinthians six, he says, they're my children, my son, my daughter, they're family. They are in the throne room and they belong with me. My child, that's what he says about you. Romans chapter eight, not just child, adopted child. Didn't deserve it, but he brought us in to the presence of a relationship with him promising that all things work together for good, promising that nothing can separate us from him. Simply put, you are his delight and his desire. And he loves to pour it out on us. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not the me-oriented world. He loves to pour it out on us so that we can pour it out on him. Question. In a few seconds or less, think to yourself, what's a word or a phrase you'd use to describe God? What's an appropriate response to a God like that? That's what we're going to be looking at today in Psalm chapter 145, verses 1 through 7. 
How can I be responding to a God who calls me his desire, his delight? How can I be properly responding and celebrating him? Let's take a look at Psalm 145, verses 1 through 7. The ushers are going to be coming forward. They're going to have Bibles in their hands. So if you don't have a Bible, just raise your hands. We'd love to get one to you, okay? We're just going to be walking through these first seven verses here. So just raise your hand. They'll get one to you. And the kids are celebrating. (laughs) All right. Let's just start with the first point. How should we respond? God's greatness. Celebrate the character of God. You want to think of a phrase? Greatness. Celebrate the character of God. Let's just dive in here. Now, this is a psalm. So remember, we've talked about this a couple times before, but in a psalm, it's Hebrew poetry. Okay, it's not like our American English poetry, right? It's all about rhyme and rhythm. It's da 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 You know what I mean? And if it doesn't rhyme at the end, you're like, well, that was a lame poem, right? You know what I mean? Couldn't they try harder? Right? We get into that mode, right? That's not Hebrew poetry. Hebrew poetry is all about phrase and follow-up phrase. It's all about statement and parallel statement. How can I make this most clear to you? Statement, parallel statement. Sometimes even statement, parallel statement, parallel statement. Sometimes they throw three in just to be tricky, you know? So as we go through Hebrew poetry, what we're not looking for is... What we're looking for is statement of what it is and what's the follow-up statement. That's going to tell us a lot, okay? This is David's last psalm recorded in the Psalms. So let's just keep that in mind as well. He's closing out all of his psalms with this final psalm. This is what it should all be about, okay? Here we go. He starts out verse 1. I will extol you, my God and my King. I will extol you. So I, personal, right? I'm involved in this. It's about me. I will extol you, extol, lift up, celebrate. I am going to give you the highest honor and the highest praise that you could possibly deserve. I am lifting you to levels only you should be at. I extol you, my God, my King, not a God, not the God, my God. Oh, I've met the almighty. He's changed my world. Oh, oh, I've met him. He's reaching down into my life every single day. My God, my great God. How great? He is the king, my king, my king of kings and Lord of lords. The one who reigns over all eternity and all mankind, everything, everywhere, always. My God, my king, I will lift you up. That's quite a little start, isn't it? I will extol you, my God and my King, and bless your name forever and ever. And bless your name forever and ever. In other words, not just a little bit, we're talking a lot of it. Not just for a little while, we're talking forever and ever. May you constantly be praised. May you constantly be lifted up. May we constantly be celebrating you my God and my King. He then takes the next step. Not just personal praise. Now he makes it daily praise. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. So we have personal praise. We have daily praise. We have perpetual praise forever and ever. 
What's a proper response to a God that blows us away? It's personal, it's regular, and it's celebratory, and it's forever. May we constantly be lifting him up. He, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the one who steps into our life, the one who rocks our world, the one who offers us what we have no business claiming, but he adopting us in and calling us his delight, his child, the one that he wants to lavish on. May we give him praise each and every day. And then he says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Great is the Lord. He's simply saying this. Wow. Can you say that with me? Wow. One more time. Wow. Now hang on. Wow about what? Great is the Lord. I wrote just a few things down. He knows everything. Wow. He is everywhere all at the same time. He can do anything. That one was a little weaker. He can do anything. Wow. All right, there we go. He is holy and perfect. Other. I threw you off. He's holy, perfect, and other. Wow. All right, there we go. He is just and righteous. Wow. He is wise. Wow. Yeah, there's only one there. He is loving and merciful. Wow. He is faithful and patient and beautiful. Now that's a God that is great. Amen. He can reach into your life. He can touch you where you're at. He is patient through the midst of it. He can change anything. He is all places at all times. He is working with each and every one of us independently. And he cares for you. Wow. Now that's a God worth praising. And simply put, he's saying this. Great is our God. So do whatever you want each day. No, great is our God, greatly to be praised. May our actions and reactions into him match who he is. If he is so great, then our praise must be so great. If he is so awesome, then we must be lifting him up with all we have. Greatly to be praised. That is our God. Amen. May we lift him up. With all we've got. He says right at the end here. And his greatness. Is unsearchable. We can put a name here or there. We can tag something to it. And try to understand it a little bit. We can grasp it by how he affects us. And impacts us as he works with us. But the reality is. We're constantly learning. Of him. Always and forever. There's something to learn. About the vastness. The greatness. The authority, the power, the strength, the ability, the gentleness, the love of our God. Greatly to be praised. So why don't we do it? That's kind of my question. How come we get distracted and we start talking about lame little people things and we get off focus? You know, Friday... My wife was uh, headed up to Naperville to sing in a um, wedding up there. And uh, before she was leaving, she was getting packed. And so I walked into the room where she was at. And uh, our dog, yes, it's another dog analogy. Our, our dog, Teddy, who loves her and loves to follow her and loves to celebrate her, is over in the corner. And he's just laying there. 
And I walked in the room, and I'm like, hey, John, and I was like, what's going on here? So I'm just watching him, and he sees me watching him, and he does one of these with his head where he kind of looks away, you know? And he just clamps down on something. And so I walk up, and I go, I put my hand in my pocket, and I go, John, come here, look at this. I think he has something in his mouth. I think he's embarrassed about having something in his mouth. And she walks over to her, and we're standing next to each other, and we're cracking up because he's looking down. He's doing one of these where he's looking up. You know what I'm saying? One of those like, I'm so sorry, but I'm not stopping. You know what I mean? It's one of those, you know? And she goes, Teddy, drop it. And he goes. (laughs) And he spits out this plastic, I don't know what, this toy of one of our kids. And and it's laying on the floor. John picks it up. And then after that, now all of a sudden, he jumps up. And his tail starts wagging, and he's the kind of dog where when he wags his tail, like his whole rear end is wagging, you know what I'm talking about? So like the whole of him is getting into it now, and he's jumping around her, and he's all happy again, and he's following her around, and she goes over to start packing, and he runs over by her, and we're like, we've restored to normalcy. You know what I mean? Why was he not in happy mode? Because he had clamped down on something and said, mine. Because he said, whatever's going on in here, whatever this little thing is, it's more important at the moment and I'm not letting go. Why do we not praise our God? Because we've clamped down on something. What is it you're clamped down on? Every moment of every day that we miss out on an opportunity to celebrate him, we clamp down on something. What is it you're clamping down on? What is it you're holding on to too tightly? It's time to hear the Almighty say, drop it. And we need to let it go. It's time to trust him with all we've got. You know, I thought it was really important to start with who our God is and how he treats us. Because if we hear the word drop it, we might actually hear that as a dictatorial, tyrannical, horrific, commanding, demanding, selfish God. But that's not who he is. He's loving and discerning and desiring and pouring and lavishing. And he, in the midst of that, simply says, I've got a better plan. Drop it. Are you ready to give it up? Do you have your thing? Just take another five seconds here. Figure it out. What's your thing? What do you clamp down on? Let's just give it to him right now. Just take a moment. Just pray with him. Say, I'm giving it to you, Lord. It's time. Father, I just pray for each of us here that we don't clamp down on life or personal or me. May we release all and celebrate you, your greatness, your character. Praise be to you. Amen. God's greatness. Celebrate the character of God. That's the start. Then he says, God's goodness. Celebrate God's handiwork in our lives. God's goodness. He starts out here. One generation shall commend your works to another. Now remember before it was I, me, my, right? This is a personal praise. Now we're moving into this is a corporate praise. I'm telling you one generation to another, parents to kids, grandparents to grandkids, friend to friend, whatever it is, share what God is doing. I can't believe how God has moved in my life. Let me tell you what God just showed. I was reading yesterday and this was the challenge that I took. God is at work in my life. Do you know that I had no clue how I was going to resolve this, but God 
Can you hear it? Commend his works to another. That means tell him about it. Talk about what God's doing in your life. Talk about what God's doing in this church. Talk about what God's doing in your family, with your friends. Talk about the handiwork of the Almighty. Share what you're seeing. Share his works with others. That's the plan. Corporate praise. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. You know, character begets action. Lack of character begets poor action. High character begets phenomenal action. As we talk about begetting works that are worth talking about, it's because we've started with the character of God. He is great and he is greatly to be praised. And that is what makes his works so wondrous and so mighty and so worth talking about. He is blowing us away each and every day as he moves in this body, as he moves with each of you. He says in verse 5, On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. Now that's a plan for happiness. Okay? On your glorious, glorious, that's quite the word, isn't it? To be that item which contains glory. To be that thing which is so phenomenal, so given of splendor, he says here. Your majesty, your authority, you're in charge, you're leading, your, your ways in front of us are just so worth thinking about. I put my eyes and my mind on you and I am blown away. Praise be to God. He says, on the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate, ruminate, continue to think about throughout the day. Not one of these, you know, I can't believe so-and-so said such and such. Can you believe they're thinking, what was that person doing when they, oh, what was that all? I can't believe this is happening. You know what I'm talking about? Where we kind of do the rant about circumstances. You know what I mean? So you're driving along and somebody thinks you're on a cell phone and you're not. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like you've had those moments, right? Where we're sitting there talking about things and we're just kind of in a little rant mode instead of saying, we serve a God who's got it all under control. What's God doing? We serve a God who's got a plan. What's God's plan? We serve a God who's moving mightily. What's that move? I mean, we're all there, right? How come I know about that talking so you look like you're on a cell phone thing? Because I... One of them, right? We get into these modes where we end up losing and distracting and clamping down. And we miss out on celebrating his works. He says here, they shall speak of the might of your awesome deeds and I will declare your greatness. We all together corporately are going to celebrate how awesome you are. That's what he's saying. The plan is this. Let's lift him up. Verse seven, they shall pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness. Pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness. Did you know that you are a special vessel created specifically to hold praise and then pour it out everywhere you go? That's what you are. You're a giant praise bucket. That's what you are. And if you're not praising him, you're not doing your job. You are actually created to wherever you go, be celebrating him. To whatever you're in, be celebrating him. Yeah, but my circumstances are pretty tough. God's bigger. Yeah, but I'm really not all that happy. Trust me, get your eyes focused on him. We can enjoy a relationship with him. It doesn't mean we won't experience pain, but it does mean there's always a God worth celebrating. Amen? It doesn't mean we won't experience pain, but it does mean there's always a God worth celebrating. Amen? 
We got to keep our eyes fixed on him. It's time to celebrate him with all we've got. Let's live up to who we are. Giant praise buckets. It's time to pour out his fame. It's time to celebrate him with all we've got. May we as a church not be about running programs, but may we be about celebrating the almighty. May we be a church that constantly and in every way is making followers of him. Why? So that he can be celebrated more. It is always about lifting him up. Amen. May he be glorified. Let's praise our God. Let's pour forth his fame. It says, pour forth the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. Singing. What a great way to respond. What an awesome way to celebrate who he is. To put to words and music, to use the dynamics of energy that comes pouring in and then softens up and then comes pouring in again. May we constantly be celebrating. May we constantly be lifting up that our God moves that our God is great, that our God is changing lives and shaping hearts, and he is worth knowing. May I commend his works to this world. Let me tell you what God is doing. Let me tell you. That's our job. Does it make sense? Okay, so let's do it right here. What's God doing right here in this church? Let's do some celebrating for a moment. You know, Kent even talked, we're coming up on our third year anniversary at the end of uh, this month. And so we're going to be celebrating next week and trying to align that with a bunch of other harvests that are launching for the first week. And so as they're launching for their first week, we're launching into our, our fourth year. And we're excited about what God's doing. Here's some things he did in the past year. When I started here last year, we came in in September. Uh, October 1st was our first day. Uh, so we're coming up on one year for us. And it's been an awesome year of our family settling into this body and settling into this town. We are thrilled to be here. We are thrilled to be seeing God working like he's working. One of the first steps we took was trying to put together a hilltop team, a prayer team. Let's make sure that we don't go forward and just try to launch into doing. Let's make sure we understand that God's at work. And so we started a hilltop team of prayer. We've got people that pray before the service. We've got people that are praying during the service. We've got people that are praying during the week. Our staff is praying during the week. We've got over 40 people involved in prayer for this body regularly. We bathe whatever we do in prayer. We believe firmly in the power of prayer. One of the pillars of Harvest Bible Chapel. Fuse and fuel. Some of you are like, I've never heard of that name. Well, that's in the bulletin. Fuse, fifth and sixth grade. Fuel, seventh and eighth grade. You know, we moved our junior high over to Wednesday nights and we started up a fifth and sixth grade ministry. Why? Because we believe in discipleship, not just for adults, but all age ranges. So we're looking for Sunday morning and a midweek touch. And so we've got a midweek touch. We started up on Wednesday nights for fifth through eighth grade. You know, at one point there, the eighth grade was running, our seventh and eighth grade was running, you know, 10, 12 kids. I mean, that place is, have you ever been over there on a Wednesday night? There's like 60 kids running. I mean, there's a ton of people. There's a ton of ministry. There's tons of fun, lots of laughter, God at work, leadership that is amazingly committed to working with these guys. It is a blast to see that ministry light up. That's just fuse and fuel. You know, we were sitting, do you remember this? When we were sitting in a space that was half this size? So I'm not sure what we do with you guys. You know what I mean? We were sitting in a quarter ballroom. This was back in February. And we were debating as elders, what are we going to do? We're packing out. We need to make a move, but there's probably not enough people to, for the 11 o'clock service to bear the weight of twice the space. And God said, don't worry, I got it covered. So in January, February, he just brought an extra 150 people. 
And so all of a sudden we're like, where are we going to put them? We better go to half. So we widen it up and we're at half ballroom. God made the decision nice and easy. As we move through these things, it's amazing to watch his hand um, as he touches. Amplify. You know, we, were, uh, we had about 15, 20 young adults in some small groups. We had probably 60 in name, but we had 15 to 20 showing up regularly. And we said, let's launch that. My wife and I did young adult ministry uh, back up north when we were at Harvest Naperville. Love the ministry. So sat down with Aaron, uh, with Kent. We talked through some plans. We set up a monthly worship, three small groups. We're going to do it down by the river. Let's really pump this thing up. They're running 75 to 100 strong right now. It's a ministry that's going weekly, going after uh, serving Jesus Christ. Young adults, 20s and early 30s. It's a ministry that God is choosing to grow and bless right now in this, in this body. It's exciting to watch happen. Missions trip. You know, this summer uh, we did our first short-term missions trip with our high schoolers, actually. And there was 20 kids there and 10 or 12 leaders that went down. And they went to Jamaica, worked with Warren, and uh, did just a fantastic job getting things done down there. Watched people commit their lives to Christ for the first time. Watched people get tears in their eyes and recommit their lives to him. Were able to help build a building. I mean, there was a lot done in a week's time. Got at work. Financials were all taken care of. It was an awesome celebration trip. You know, we started thinking we should be doing some new ministries for the new year. But man, our volunteers are tapped thin. I can't possibly go in and say, let's just start up another ministry. We'll just ask people to do three and four things instead of one or two things. That's crazy. So we had this series called Created to Love, and we put a few challenges out there to people and said, just pray. Where does God want you to fit in? We had over 100 people respond saying, I'm not in anywhere and I'd like to be in. Help me to help God by serving him. I'd love to come alongside this body. We're now, instead of having like 140 volunteers, we're up to like 250 volunteers. Is God working? Can we say wow to that? Like, wow. I'm telling you, that's a big deal. So I stood before the leadership and said, you know, we just got 100 volunteers in. And the only thing I can tell you is when God does that, usually he's got a big plan. So let's really keep our eyes peeled. Let's really watch out. I'm not sure what's coming next. Just be praying. Let's see what God's got in store. May we pick up ministry with him and celebrate him in whatever way it comes. Guess what? The next two weeks, we jumped like another 100 people here. And we're running in the 800s typically now. I'm just telling you, God at work. From last year when we were running fives, low sixes, and now we're running into the eights. We're in half a ballroom. We've got ministry going all over midweek. We've got people coming to know Christ for the first time. We had over 30 people saved this year. We got 25 baptisms. There's a lot going on. God touching lives. That's what it's about. Notice what we're not talking about. Really cool programs. That's not it, okay? God touching lives. Celebrating the greatness of our God as hearts and souls are brought towards him. Do you hear what I'm saying? Now that's worth lifting up. Can we commend his works for what he's doing right here and right now? Can we say, wow, God is at work? I th- you know what? It's a joy and a privilege to simply stand in a position of being able to see it. And sometimes a lot of you don't get to see it. I wanted to make sure I at least shared some of what we've seen. That isn't even the half. I mean, we're talking marriages that were ready to or already in. We've had a couple already in or fully through divorce coming back together. We're talking hearts turning around. We're talking lives being softened. God at work. Real 
life situations really getting better. That's what it's all about. God at work. So where do we go from here? Where is God leading now? You know, I just want to put a few things out there just so you guys have heard what's happening. Just so you know a little bit of what our vision is, okay? Some of this I've already shared with leadership, uh, different volunteer levels. But just so you guys know, where's God leading from here? First, clear ministry plan. We wanted to make sure that every, everybody understood exactly what we were trying to accomplish and what we were going after. And a lot of times when you come to a church, it looks like a giant buffet shop. You know what I'm talking about? It's like you go to Golden Corral and you just pick whatever you want. And the kids come back and sit down and the entire plate is desserts. You know what I mean? And you're like, well, actually, you really kind of need to go to each of the different spots and pick something up. You know what I'm talking about? That's a lot of what we're talking about with ministry here. We want to make sure we make a clear ministry plan, not just a giant buffet where it gets a little confusing as to what we're supposed to be a part of. So here's what we're talking about. Go ahead and flip the next slide up there. You know, worship, walk, work, and witness. Have you heard of this before? Hopefully you're saying yes, okay? The four W's, worship, walk, work, and witness. Our purpose here is simply this, our mission to make disciples. What is a disciple? It's one who worships, walks, works, and witnesses, okay? Worship, you maybe can't read it, but the word's up there, to know him personally and adore him actively. To know and adore him, okay? Walk, to grow to be more like him. Work, to serve him inside the church walls. And witness, to share of him out in the community. Worship, walk, work, and witness. Now, hear me. The goal here is not pick one of the four W's, whichever one you like, and go do that one. It's to be a complete disciple, to be firing on all four cylinders. Worship, walk, work, and witness, okay? And that means you have to be a little careful about what you get involved in. Because what, what we don't want is to teach that family ends up getting shirked and left alone because we're doing so much church. We're not doing that, okay? So it's pick wisely where you should be involved in worship, where you should be involved in walk, where you should be involved in work, and witness. Keep that all in balance, and let's go hard after celebrating him. That's the plan, okay? Now, if that's the plan, wouldn't it be wise if maybe we organized our ministries around that? Instead of just having these random ministries, and you're like, I have no idea how that helps. I'm going to go do this, but I'm trying to do the... So we're bringing it all together, and each of the ministries are going to be hung on the W's, okay? So, for example, small groups and study groups, those are walk elements, and they're going to be clearly walk elements. When we challenge to get your walk fired up for him, what we're really saying is, are you involved in small groups or study groups? Some of you are like, I don't know what study groups are. Hang on, I'll explain it in a minute, okay? So walk, uh, work, serving within the church body, witness, getting out into the community. Those are some simple things we're going after. We just want our ministries hung on the four W's. Uh, one example I gave to the leadership was this. You know, imagine softball team. You say, hey, we're going to have a softball team. Great. Well, which of the four W's? So witness, yeah, we get it. So leader says witness. Good, you were there. Way to go, Steve. Okay, so witness, right? So witness is a great answer. But if it's witness, then maybe softball isn't just about playing softball. Maybe it's about where are we playing softball and with whom are we playing softball, right? All of a sudden, it takes a little more planning, a little more thinking. Let's make sure we're maybe in the community in the right way. That's all it's about. It's just putting enough challenge to it to make sure we understand that there's purpose behind the ministry we're going after. Okay, let's not just do things because it gets us all together. It's not some big fellowship game. It's the four W's. How are we making disciples? Hanging those things on the W's to do that stuff. 
It's really going to give us clear direction and purpose. It's going to make it a lot easier as we go forward. Just so you've heard this too, when we pick out a ministry to do, uh, here's why we're doing it. Number one, we see need. Number two, leadership is available. God has provided leadership. If there's not leadership at the moment, God's saying not right now. Okay? So need, leadership, money, like there's room in the budget. Okay, that's important. And then vision. Is it aligning with the four W's? You will see those four things whenever we launch something. If you're not seeing something launched right now, chances are one of those is not there or more. Okay? So just heads up. All right? That's how we're going after things. Just so you know, that's a nice, clear ministry vision. As we go forward, we are going to be rolling out new ministries. I just want you to know why we're doing them. Okay? We are trying to stay in alignment with what God's trying to accomplish here. So what are some of the new ministries? Well, the study groups. I just named one. Okay? Study groups. That's a new concept. It's a word that is really going to be simply this. Think of your small group. That's a year-round life experience. That is our key point of discipleship within the church body. Study groups are kind of a supplement to the small groups. They're an adder. It allows you to do some content-driven study, five-week, maybe seven-week kind of study that you can get content-driven and then be back to your small group. I would strongly recommend that if you have a schedule that's too tight, don't try to do both. It's okay to take a few weeks off and do a study group and then jump back into small group. Or maybe, this is one thing we did up north a lot, ask your small group in mass to stop and all go to, for example, like a how to study the Bible kind of a study group. And the whole small group goes and does that for five, six, seven weeks and then comes back as a small group. Each study group each night will be structured like this. There's a large group. There's an opportunity then to break into smaller groups and discuss and apply and pray together and release. There is group time. That's why it's called study groups, not just Bible study, okay? It's not just show up, somebody lectures, you leave. There's still some interacting together. Study groups. It's going to be an awesome part of our diet as we go forward. We're going to unleash these carefully. We're going to unleash these slowly. We already have a couple out there, like Crown Financial, that kind of thing. So we're going to have a few coming out over time. We want to touch real needs and felt needs. We want to go after that stuff carefully. So that's study groups, okay? Just so you know, there's going to be some coming out. What's the first one, for example? For example, women's study groups. There's going to be one releasing and starting in October. There's already stuff in place. There's going to be a Tuesday morning one as well as a Wednesday night one. Same content in both of them. Pick which one works better for you schedule-wise. Sign up, start today, right? Sign up, start today. Join in. It's a Beth Moore study on the Psalms. It's an awesome chance to get some character study and some God study and some praise study going The women's study groups are launching right away here. There's going to be one going, okay? We're going to try to continue to roll out some. We're talking about a men's study group. We're talking about possible marriage or parenting. There's some other ideas we've got going. We just want to align those things up. So just so you've heard, as we go through the year, we are trying to launch some new ministries that will fill in some gaps, and it fits the four W's, okay? That at least gives you a little bit of a, oh, I think I see where he's going now, okay? Is everybody kind of getting it? The whole thing is just about this. As we go forward celebrating our God, as we go forward trying to be more like him, it's going to take the four W's doing it. Worship, walk, work, and witness. May we be continuing to round out ministry to help that happen. That's what it's all about, okay? So I mentioned men's. We're going to actually start up a men's ministry this year and more mass and go really after things. Um, We're going to have the last week of September. We're still debating on time. There's a lot of conflict that week, but right now we're kind of, do I say this? All right, we're leaning towards Tuesday right now is where we're leaning. So if it's not Tuesday, you can smack me around and I shouldn't have said it yet. But Tuesday's where we're headed. There's some conflicts with the other days uh, that we've been looking at. So just so you know, we're headed for Tuesday, uh, the last week of September. Guys, mark your calendars. We'd love to have you there. What's it all about? Men being more men of God. 
That's what we're going after. Not better pancakes. Okay? Men being men of God. Learning, training, challenging to grow to be more like him. Men being men of God. If that's something you're interested in, which, guys, we should be, then let's go after that. Let's get on it, okay? So we're going to be doing a large group gathering Tuesday, and then we'll have more to discuss then with all that's coming up with men's. Um, Awana, you've already heard it, first through fourth grade is launching. We're serious about our discipleship for our kids, and we're launching that. Uh, First through fourth grade, September 23rd. Sign-ups are at the back. We'd love to have your kids there. We'd love to have you helping, too, if that's something you want to do. A lot is coming up. We are truly excited. And one last thing you may have seen, uh, new staff. We've, had a, we've got a new hire position that we're looking for there and we were interviewing on. Um, just be praying for the church. Be praying for the families that are all interviewing. Be praying for God to be leading in a way that takes us down a path where we can be celebrating him. When, when 100, 150 people, <laughs> we need staff, okay? So we're really excited about God bringing some people on to really go after. And uh, right now we're looking for a pastoral adult ministries position to be filled that can really help us to go after adult ministries and um, taking care of God and leading people to God in every way, shape, and form. Now, some of you are going, okay, what about a building? I I just want to say this one last, I say this a couple times a year. I say it at every party with the pastors too. Our focus is this, hearts and lives. Buildings are a necessary evil, okay? I mean that with all I've got, okay? It takes a lot to take care of a building, and sometimes those are absolutely necessary, and sometimes God puts us in a season of rental. Right now, with what's going on in the economy, and with people still not exactly sure if they've got jobs, we figured the worst thing you could do is to step out and try to say to people, you may not know if you have a job, but we need a promise because we're doing a stewardship campaign. That's lame, okay? We want to come alongside of people. We want to spend time caring for people. This is a season where we're still kind of getting through the tail end, it looks like, of an economy that was a little rough in this area, in the Peoria area. And we're just being patient, and we're looking to God for the timing on when to pull the trigger on heading forward. Do we understand that a building could really help us? Trust me, we understand. We're the ones calling for all these rental places all the time, okay? We get it. We are excited about it. We are looking to head there, but in God's timing. Does everybody understand that? And in the meantime, we're building hearts and lives. We're taking care of people growing to be more like Christ. We are making disciples. You can do it rental. You can do it purchased. It works, okay? Does that make sense? So from a building perspective, we understand we're looking, we're keeping our eyes peeled, but we are patiently watching on the economy and praying with God's timing on things. Right now, we're glad to be renters and glad to see God growing hearts and lives, okay? So let me wrap it around like this. Why doesn't the worship team come on up while I'm doing this? That's a little bit of where has God taken us. Let me just say this. We serve a God who has the word great attached to his name. We serve a God who moves in hearts and lives, one-on-one and yet everywhere all at once. Do you think about that? This God can actually anywhere and everywhere in the world touch every single life in a different way all at the same time. He is fully capable of knowing you and knowing me. And he simply says this, I desire you. I long for you. I want to lavish upon you. I love you. And we have a chance to turn and celebrate him with all we've got. We have a chance to look like him, to behave like him, to share him with others. We have a God who is worth pouring out his fame for. He is worth knowing. He is worth celebrating. Great is our God and greatly to be praised. Amen. Great is our God 
and greatly to be praised. He is at work mightily in this body. He is at work mightily in individuals' lives. We can celebrate him. Let's take this time right now to lift the roof up and make it simply this. Praise to our God. Personal praise, corporate praise. Celebrate his name. Pour out his fame.